0: Hi fm your station of choice since 2008 we 're continuing this conversation we 've been talking about firstly whether South Africa um, has any va- validity in claiming that israel breached the ruling of the ICJ during the distribution of food, the the unfortunate situation, the terrible situation that took place when the food aid was being distributed in, on one of the occasions and people were killed. So we've spoken about the legal aspects of it, uh, but we also wanted to to get a sense of what the alternatives are. We're starting to see uh, air airdrops being conducted by the United States, by Jordan, and uh, I wonder if that isn't the way that this can go, but uh, I, I would imagine the cost is significantly higher, um, it's a lot less organized. Well, let's let's find out what traditionally can be done, what has been done in other cases, and what the alternatives are. Dr. Eli Retig is an assistant professor in the Department of Political Studies At Barilan University. Uh, Very good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. How are you?
1: Good, Howard. How are you?
0: I am well, thank you. Obviously, this, this situation that took place last week, very interesting on a number of levels. Obviously, the, there's the legal side, who was really responsible, responsible, the media reporting side. We've gone through, and we've been looking at it for the last half hour, and going through different aspects of it. But the one thing that we haven't really looked at or spoken too much about is what the alternatives are. This is a very, very difficult situation. You've got people that are desperate You've got Hamas, who is a a uh, evil uh, for no a lack of any other description party, still in control of some of the the aspects who have been stealing the food and reselling it. Uh, how how does how does this move forward? How how can this be done in a different way?
1: So it's a, I agree. It's a very complicated situation. Um, There needs to be two separate, it's it's two separate problems. One is that most uh, Gazans are currently in the north, most I'm in 1.7 million, sorry, are currently in the south, um, near uh, the Rafah crossing, uh, near the border with Egypt. And they are being provided with humanitarian aid, there's still infrastructure there, and UN organizations can get there and, and distribute the food. The problem is mainly in north Gaza where it technically should be evacuated there shouldn't be anyone there but de facto there are uh, estimated around 300,000 people that are are still there and they refuse to evacuate to the south and it's very hard to get anything to them there's no infrastructure um, there's no uh, regular water supply or electricity in that area Um, and there's no security forces making sure that there's orders so uh, the only way to get there is either with uh, with the trucks or with airdrops. Now, when the trucks come in, because Hamas isn't there anymore, and because Israel doesn't want to secure the trucks itself, because it's, it's, it's a danger to the lives of the soldiers, then the trucks go in and just thousands of people swarm the trucks. Yesterday, they even killed one of the truck drivers, an Egyptian driver, um, desperately trying to get to the food and the supplies before someone steals them, before mm. one of the criminal organizations over there. So there's a problem to how to secure these supplies and how to distribute them, mainly in the north. That's that's where the problem is. Now, one option is the airdrops, and we've seen the U.S. and other countries airdrop. But that's in terms of quantity of supply that you can get. Uh, uh, with airdrops is is very limited, and also once it falls onto the ground, you're not you're not really in control over who gets it and who distributes it. Um, the main complication is that at least in the north of Gaza, whoever controls the aid controls northern Gaza, and the question is who do you let take control of the area and start to distribute the aid because that will be the de facto governing authority in that area for the foreseeable time and. The IDF doesn't want to be there because it doesn't want to be permanently there, so long as they are there, they they are targets for uh, Hamas. Uh, Israel doesn't want Hamas to be there, and they have so far been the only um, governing authority if you could call that in that area. So right now there's a vacuum there. Uh, It's either these strong, you can call them criminal families that are in control there and Israel is trying to negotiate with them to distribute the aid once you do that and they kind of take prominence then they will become the de facto ruling families in that area and 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 that's hard to once
0: you start that you're empowering them again which which becomes a huge issue because the whole idea is to disempower and and whoever controls what you're saying is whoever controls the aid uh, has the power
1: exactly and so the question is who will control the aid Ideally, what Israel, or it seems, what the Israeli government is aiming for is that an international force will do that, not the UN, because UNRA. Well, is they've really been, been
0: discredited as well, of course, which is a big issue.
1: Yes, and so the idea is kind of a multinational force uh, involving uh, even the Saudis and the Emiratis and the Egyptians. The problem is they are not very keen on doing that either. Mm. It's kind of everybody's just um, handing this hot potato to one another. And uh, Israel is the one that needs to find the solution because it's the de facto kind of uh, force in that area. And it's a complicated situation. You know, uh, people keep telling uh, the prime minister Netanyahu that he needs to think about the day after. But the day after is already here, at least in North Gaza. You already need to figure out who controls the area and how do you get supply in there. Uh, You can't wait until the entire war is over because currently there are 300,000 people there. They refuse to evacuate and you need to find a solution for them. So uh, that's where we are.
0: So what are we likely to see? Are we likely to see this whole combination? I think that's almost what you're describing is that it'll be tackled, depending on the region of Gaza, depending on the situation at the time, it'll be tackled in different ways.
1: Yes, and, and the question is who gets to decide that and, you know, usually in things like that the the temporary becomes permanent and uh, if you allow Hamas to come, in, the easiest solution is, or the quickest solution, is to just allow Hamas to come in and, and secure the aid in the north, but of course Israel doesn't want that, um, and, and so, so you have a problem. Um, On the one hand, the UN says we don't want Israeli soldiers in that area. On the other hand, they say, but we need Israeli soldiers to secure that area. This is not just a Gaza issue. This happens anywhere where there's a humanitarian crisis, uh, whether it's in Somalia or Sudan or even after the tsunamis in South Asia 20 years ago. There's the issue of securing the humanitarian convoys. Um, And the question who secures them is, is much more complicated in the case of Gaza because there's a vacuum because nobody is currently ruling there and, um, and you need to find a solution for that. It, any solution you find for that will be a solution for northern Gaza in its entirety. Well. Mm-hmm. So nobody wants to be too quick about
0: it. Absolutely. Very, very uh, interesting and uh, contemplative conversation. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Elay He is the assistant, uh, assistant professor in the Department of Political Studies at Abarilan University.